Good morning, church. Yeah, it's always good to see everyone in church, in church on Sunday morning and on Wednesdays for Transformers Connect. Amen. We had an exciting time. Had a teacher join us for the first time and she has a lot of questions. And I was kind of ready for those questions. Right? And I'm also looking forward to more questions this Wednesday. You know, I was saying to a young person one day, I said, no, the, ask questions. When something seems confusing in the Bible, ask questions. Don't leave on assumptions. God, through Jesus Christ, has put in the church ministry gifts, teachers, apostles, prophets, you know, to be able to help you, support you, provide guidance, you know, teach you, you know, the word of God. Uh, I know I mentioned prophets, so well, someone may be thinking, I thought the role of prophets is just to prophesy. No. Um, the ministry gifts in the church, their primary assignment is to teach the word of God. Preach, teach the word of God. Amen. So if you know a prophet, whom all they do is just to prophesy, they don't know their job. And with all due respect, I will say they are an unqualified or a false prophet. I repeat it. Any prophet or anyone who call themselves a prophet who does not know the word of God and cannot teach the word of God, with all due respect, they are false prophets. So such so-called prophet should go back and go and learn the fundamentals of their assignment. Amen. I don't know what that is for, but before I came on, I felt in my heart that somebody is struggling with discouragement. And I'm just going to speak to that person's heart this morning before I go into the world well, this morning. Uh, let's pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I thank you for the power we have in the name of Jesus. And I speak to that heart right now in the name of Jesus. I I condemn that emotions, that feelings of discouragement. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yes, Lord. Yes. I speak to that foul spirit of discouragement, overwhelming that soul, overwhelming that mind. I command you to get your hands, get your grip of this mind in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, because we have the power in the name of Jesus to cast out devils. We thank you for the authority we have in the name of the Lord Jesus to drive out demons. And so I speak to that heart, receive life, receive strength, receive encouragement and strength in the name of Jesus. I command those condemning and discouraging voice to be silent right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. So today I want to walk you guys through 10 reasons why you should speak in tongues. I'm looking at Jasmine's face as I said 10. So after sharing these 10 reasons with you and you still don't want to speak in tongues, well, I can help you. Right. But I'm going to give you 10 solid reasons why you should speak in tongues. And when I'm done, I'm going to pray with anyone uh, online church or uh, here in the, in the building who may want to receive the gift. Uh, we may want to receive baptism in the Holy Spirit uh, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Let's get to it. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. So I'll be reading from the New King James Version today. Right, 1 Corinthians 14 to read. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, meaning does not speak to people, but to God. So I'll take it just to read out the full verse. 
For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. For no one understands him or them. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. So when you see he, 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 in the Bible most of the time is referring to people, right? Not just, not, not a guy. So the Bible is not feminist, is not, um, does not, does not do gender discrimination. There's no gender discrimination in the Bible. In case some pastors or preachers, I don't know, maybe how they might be telling you that uh, this is only particular or peculiar to male. And I know if I investigate, I'll find out. Yeah, because some men don't think women should speak in the church. Right. I've been to churches where men will sit, men will sit on one side of the building and women will sit on the other side. So they don't mix. So men and women don't mix together in the church. So I've seen all kind of stuff in my, in my life. Amen. So the Bible is saying here that anyone who speaks in tongue uh, speaks to God. Right. So I'll take it. Let me read the whole thing again. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. For no one understands him, however, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. There are two things there. There are two reasons there why you speak, why we should speak in tongues. Now, let me start with the first one. He said, he will speak, he speaks to God, however, no one understands him, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. So, mysteries there refer to divine secrets. Right. So, so many things we see in the physical world today are driven by forces we cannot see. You know, when a man stands up with a gun in his hand and goes out and starts shooting people, what people see is a shooting is a killing, but most of the time they are being influenced by some powers and forces. I've read some sad news of, of kids who committed some heinous crime, and uh, many of them said that they didn't know what came over them when they were doing it. So after they've done it, they realized that they, it was like a veil on their face was removed and they were thinking, what led me here? And I've been in a teenager's meetings whereby, I mean, in churches, there's a particular one's attending and the boys were asking the Sunday school teacher that how do I differentiate God's voice from the devil's voice? Because I heard different voices. Fortunately, the teacher, the teacher could not help them and they just kind of swept it on the carpet and I felt so much for the boy. I could not step in because it wasn't my territory so I couldn't speak. Right. But, the, but I've met several kids, several teenagers who say they hear something telling them to do bad stuff. So it's not something they want to do, but a voice keeps telling them, go do this and kind of pressure them or push them to do what they don't want to do. And it's not just to keep, this is not only applicable to kids, it also applies to adults. Right. So there, there is an unseen world. There are forces in the realm of the spirit. If you read through the Bible carefully, you hear things. Now, Ephesians chapter 6 tells us that we wage war not against flesh and blood, many human beings, but principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. Sometimes when your mother-in-law comes against you, your mother-in-law is not the real problem. It's, the, it's, it's some demons, some principalities that are using her against you. So most of the battles we fight in life to a very much extent, has nothing to do with the person who is attacking us, but the spirit and the forces that they are yielding themselves to. So that's why when people pray against people, they're only wasting their time. You deal with the devil. Because when you pray against people, if the person is moved out, if the devil finds anybody else available in that setting, it's going to use them against you. So if you keep praying against people, you realize that you don't make too much progress in your Christian life. 
But when you reverse, when you withdraw to your, in your closet and you deal with the devil using people against you, you realize that when you get to office one day, everybody behaves themselves. And even this person I experienced. Sometimes when I'm going for a meeting, I say, you know what, now sit and get out of my way. So as I enter that office, everybody, you cooperate with me because I have a mission here. And everybody cooperates when I enter. Amen. So there are spiritual forces. There are Ill, most things in this world are driven by spiritual forces. I'll say all. So the believer must be aware of this. Because one of the reasons why you pray in tongues is so that you can, you can pray about certain things that are kind of mysterious, secret, things that the normal, the normal natural human mind cannot conceive. There's a lot of things going on in the, realm of, in the, poly, in the political sector, as I'm speaking right now, and um, in different industries, schemes of darkness, things that people are trying, are working on. But, you're, but speaking in tongues you realize that you start calling out some things. I'm going to try to help us really understand this. One of the things that speaking in tongues does for us is because is that you begin to say things, you begin to expose some things that these guys are doing. You can't see them. Nobody has given insight. BBC will never carry it because they are also part of the scheme. right? CNN, all of, all of the news agencies, I'll say 90, 99% of them have demonic people working in them. And I'm saying with all boldness. And that's why most of the news you hear on the media are fake news they want you to hear what you what they, what they want you to hear. They are usual. They are usually they are puppets in the hand of the devil to destroy and to ruin the minds and the lives of people. Amen. So there's so much going on in the realm of the spirit, and the believer must understand this, must hold on to this, and understand that it is by speaking in tongues that they can expose these things. So when you're speaking in tongues, the Holy Spirit, will, Holy Spirit will expose some things to you that you should, be, that you should pray about, you should talk about. Amen. So when we pray in tongues, we speak divine secrets. Even we, besides the negative one, on the positive side, the things that God wants to do in the life of people, when you pray in tongues, because you are not speaking to human beings, because you are speaking to God, which I'm going to clarify as, uh, shortly, when you're speaking in tongues in the context of speaking to God, right, is going to, you know, you have clean, undistracted, pure connection and communication with the Father. In your natural mind, you cannot speak to God. You don't even know what he's thinking. You don't know his plan, his agenda, because our mind will, our mind functions by the knowledge available to it. Or the knowledge we're taking. So our mind cannot know what is in the mind of God. The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, that we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit that has come from God, that we may know the things that are freely given to us. So if the spirit that we have received that gives us utterance, right, that gives us the spiritual, the supernatural language, if that spirit is from God, then when we are engaging that spirit in praying in tongues, what are we doing? We are engaging God. So the one guaranteed way to know God's plan and purpose for your life is by praying in tongues. That's why many people would try to capture their purpose in many other things. You know, you hear things like catch the vision, catch your purpose. And there's so many purpose, purpose message on the media 
even from preachers, from people that I even respect, and I can say with all due respect, many of them don't have a strong ground and footing in Christ. Yes. Because a person's purpose can only be found in God, in Christ. Because he had the purpose before he created you. So to you, for a believer to think they can use their mind and their talent and their potential to determine their purpose is to be wrong. Because if you were created by God and you originate from God, then it is only God who can reveal his original intention for creating you. So you may be talented in one thing, you may have the ability to do another thing and do it well, but that does not mean that that was the original intention and plan of God for your life. So in anything else that you may be trying to find your purpose, you are looking in the wrong direction, if it is not in God. So because the mind of human beings cannot know the mind of God, because God is spirit, according to our Uncle Jesus, John chapter 4. So God is spirit. So God does not speak to your mind. Sometimes, you know, when all options are exhausted, he may try to just get your attention one way or the other. But you are a spirit. You are a child of God. The principle way God communicates with you is by the spirit. And that is why in the book of Ephesians 1.13, it says that you have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise so that they say there's an undistracted, no gap in communication. You are fused with the Holy Ghost. And it is this fusing that enables you to pray in tongues because you are speaking it from the heart of the Father. And you're speaking the heart of the Father. So praying in tongues is not something we just do, blah, blah, blah. No, 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 no. There is power loaded in it. It has a purpose. It has a mission. It has an... It has a value so much in it. When some people get me crazy, the first thing I do is pray in tongues. And I'm saying, Holy Spirit, how should I launch my attack here? I had a situation yesterday night, yesterday evening. I was like, Lord Jesus, if you leave me to myself, I'm going to create a scene here. But I said, just calm down. Let this one go. We do it another time. I said, okay, I'll let this one go. Amen. Amen. I mean, stories and... Uh, Experiences are coming to my mind of uh, this lady was demon possessed, demon hijacked. I was just tired of all of the manifestation. I sat that down, I said, Sit down there. And I looked straight into her eye. I can't remember the exact verse that I. So I remember now, I said, Now look at me. Now, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is the Lord who justify. As I was finishing it, I don't think I've even completed the statement. The demon, and she was groaning or shouting on. It just became a sin. Uh, I was like, okay, okay, okay. Next time I won't do this one here. I will find a place where I will have to. And it created a kind of sin that will, you know, that will not allow me to really, really deal with the situation. So I said, you know, when next time I have to deal with this kind of situation, I'll bring you to a place where, you know, we can be there for three hours. It's just me and you. You will manifest, you will grow. I'll say, when you're done, you stand up and I'll carry on doing my own thing. Amen. There's so much loaded. How did I know what that lady was going through? To be very much extent, I was just praying in tongues. I was praying in tongues. I was praying in tongues. And the Lord showed me exactly what the problem was and gave me a verse of the Bible that can deal with that. And I went to sit with her. And I spoke the word of God. So it wasn't something I picked from my mind, from my spirit, the verse, to go, the verse of the Bible to go to. And I exercised it. Boom. And we saw reaction. So when you pray in tongues, what do you do? You speak divine mysteries, divine secrets, things that the mind cannot conceive. Amen. Let's carry on. Um, so one thing I thought I should call out here is this. Speaking in tongues is a continuous experience. 
So many times people receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost. They start speaking in tongues that day and they stop. And we, ha- we meet them, we say, you know, what do you pray in the Holy Spirit? Do you pray in the Spirit? They'll say, yeah, sometime I think I've lost it. No, you don't lose it, it's there. You are the one not praying in tongues. You are the one not exercising it. Because you can choose to speak your natural language or not to speak. So speaking in tongues too is by choice. If a person has received the infilling of the Holy Ghost and they've received the evidence on that sad thing about, you know, this many wrong teachings about speaking with tongues is that, you know, they tell people that, you know, to speak in tongues, a power has to come over you and push you and force you to speak. It's a lie. The Holy Spirit is not a demon. It's demons that force you to do things. And that's why I don't force people to give their life to Christ. I will encourage them. I will teach them. I will show them the benefit of giving your life to Christ. But I will not push. I'm learning not to give up on people. I'll just say, you know what, I don't... I don't have much time. There are thousands out there that I need to go after who are looking. And I remember my wife is the one who used to give me, give me clients when it comes to speaking in tongues. So I think this lady, she's been saved for many years. And for 13 years, 13 good years, she was, she's been praying and fasting that God will make her speak in tongues. 13 years. And um, something came up in a conversation at work. And Jolami was like, Ah, that one is a thing. You come to my husband, you just, you know, it doesn't take time. So the lady followed her, a colleague at work, followed her all the way from work home. Jolomi is very good. She gets me in client. And I was just laughing and um, it takes 10 minutes. To receive baptism in the Holy Ghost, it's 10 minutes. If it takes more than 10 minutes, something is not right. It's just 10 minutes. And I was like, okay, I taught her the word of God, blah, blah, blah. I didn't even, I didn't even lay hands on her. I just, I just said, welcome Holy Ghost. Boom, she was gone for 13 years. The gift is there. She doesn't need to tarry. You don't need to be begging God to make you or to help you. To No, he's given it. The power of the Holy Ghost has been released upon mankind. It has been released upon us. We are the one to receive. It's not a giving matter. It's a receiving matter. So pastors and prophets are not man of guys out there who are not able to receive. You know what they will do? They will use every reason to discredit it and tell you it does not exist or discourage you. I repeat, the fact that somebody is called a pastor and they pastor a church does not mean they understand the word of God to a, to, to a reasonable degree. I, I need to echo this all the time because I don't have a thousands of me out there. We are very few. It's very, when it, I'm, and I'm very, I'm very confident to say this because I've been around for some time in the Christian faith. And I can count, if I've met 50 preachers, I don't think up to 10 of them preach sound gospel. I'm not joking, I know what I'm talking about. Though I've met more than 50, what I'm trying to say is that it's only 20% that kind of really preach the gospel. I know what I'm talking about. How many friends do I have that preach the gospel? I don't have up to 10 that preach the true gospel. I have friends who preach the gospel. How many of them really preach the gospel? There are not much. So people have to get this correctly. And I know because many of them have money and they're allowed. And so many times they, they speak what you want to hear. So one of the things that is making this ministry to thrive is because they are feeding on people's gullibility and innocence, pride, arrogance. They will tell people what they want to hear. And because they look like a pastor, you know, people just go for them. And many people today are Christians who are not mature, they go to where the crowd is going, even though they know that they are not being nourished, being edified. 
But God is raising me up in this generation, in this time, to say, you know what? No more fickleness in our Christian journey. One of the reasons why I will not wear expensive suits to entice you so that you think, no, that guy is rich. That guy is driving a nice car, so I should go to his church. Next week, maybe I'll wear just an ordinary T-shirt. I should not wear singlet so that people don't take, um, we don't have a problem with that. No. You know, you don't come to, you don't go to church. I respect only people who dress nice to church. And you mistreat the ones who, don't, who didn't dress. So if you, have, if you have clothing challenge, you know, you have a problem with your wardrobe, you are very welcome to Transformers Church. And if you think you have a lot of, you know, I guess I, I was speaking to someone and they were like, they can't just think of not dressing gorgeously to church on a Sunday. I said, you have a problem with Transformers Church because, okay, you can wear your gorgeous dress, but we are in jeans and t-shirts and we are coming as we are. So I don't know how God is going to help you with that. But I'm not condemning dressing nice. Why am I going here? I don't know, but i just carry on. I'm not condemning dressing nice, but I'm saying that it's giving ourselves to what will edify us, what will build us up. Christianity is not a fun. It's not, it's not a cliche. It's not, it's not a carcass. It's not a religious identification. No, this is life. That's why when I minister the gospel to people, I tell them about having a relationship with the Father, not becoming a Christian or going to church. Amen. All this was happening this morning. Okay, we'll carry on. I have not started point two. We are nearly, <laughs> I'm nearly out of time. Right, so speaking in tongues, what you speak, divine secrets, and I was trying to clarify the fact that, um, you know, it's not an experience that we seize. The Holy Spirit, you receive the baptism in the Holy Ghost. With the evidence of speaking in tongues, it stays with you. It doesn't go. So if it feels like it has left you or you have lost it, it's a feeling, it's not the truth. All you need to do is open your mouth and realize that you speak. So the greatest problem people have with speaking with tongues is, the, is a mind matter. When we feed our mind so much with junk and false and wrong teachings, it hinders our ability to experience God on a continual basis. So that's why some people wake up one morning, they feel God has left them because they're not feeling spiritual. The Christian life is by faith. It's a faith thing, it's not a feelings thing. I repeat, the Christian life is a faith thing, it's not a feelings thing. Last week, I was out of time. This week, I just went by. I was out of time. I think it was on, on Tuesday. The way I was feeling, I don't think I was feeling anything spiritual. I must be feeling like a sinner. Because I was tired, I was exhausted. I could not pray. I was just super exhausted. Because I've been talking all day and in meetings all day. If somebody called me at that time, point in time to pray for them, it's supernatural. I just switch and I just get into it. But personally, I was just shattered. Anyone who see me the way I was just kind of literally dragging my feet and stuff like that, you think, I was wrong with this person. Did, I mean, is everything okay with them? I was so tired. And some people, because they feel tired, they, they don't feel spiritual. Because if I shake my body, nothing spiritual will come out of it. They think God has departed from them. I'm still pumping and I will keep pumping because I've come to that point of strong assurance that my Christian walk with God, my walk with God is a fit thing, is not a feelings thing. Amen. So, next one. The Bible says that he who speaks in unknown tongues, let me, is that verse 4? Let's read verse 3. Uh, verse 3 and 4, for 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. It says, but he who prophesies speaks edification and exaltation and comfort to men. He who speaks in the tongue edifies himself. That's point two. So, first one I said, he who speaks in tongues speaks divine secrets. Next one is, anyone who speaks in tongues, what, what do they do? They edify, they build up the church themselves. 
I was telling you about how exhausted that day, right? And towards, I think, 10.30 or 11 thereabouts in the evening, I picked up my book where I have some scriptures, epistles, um, some scriptures written, and I was reading out those scriptures to myself, and I was praying in tongues. When I woke up the following morning, I was fully touched. If you saw me the following morning and the day before, we didn't look alike. If any demon, if any demon fly across my way that morning, they are, they are in trouble. But before I went to bed, I went to bed edified, you know, refreshed, charged by what? Speaking with tongues, speaking the word of God to myself. So if you feel exhausted, feel stressed, you know, you've been through a lot of stuff, you know, redraw to a corner. You can play a worship song, you know, correct? Worship song will not uh, pass me not, pass me by old gentle savior, or do not pass me by old gentle savior, not those kind of songs that make you feel like you're a slave or you are underprivileged to God. You know, not those kind of weird songs. You know, I was going through some hymns yesterday and I'm thinking, is this what, are this what people have been singing for years? Songs that make you feel like you are a second-class citizen of heaven, that you don't have hope until you get to heaven. When you hear songs like, when we get to heaven, what the day of the Lord is to be. No, 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 no. The joy is not when you die. The joy is now, now, now. The joy and the beauty of Christianity, of walking with God, starts here, right here. This is where the show is. This is where the show, this is where we tell demons that we are the one in charge. When we get to heaven, there's no demon. There's no thing. There's no action. There's no swat. So, sort like, okay, okay, okay. I'm teaching right, but I, I like to have fun as well. So, we've been watching the series on, on Netflix, uh, Cut Swat. And because it's kind of like, um, there's no profanity, and I like things that have sort of military, and you know, you know my nickname, Captain Tunde, right? And, um, you know, those guys, are, they are dealing with bad guys, they are arresting bad guys uh, in the state. So, it is here that we have bad guys to arrest, to put in place using the power of the Holy Ghost. But, but when we get to heaven, we can't move through some SWAT moves. Babe, give me two, give me two. Right side clear, left side, left side clear. <laughs> Amen. Good one. So if you want to get refreshed and stirred up on the inside of you, pray in the Holy Ghost. Withdraw to yourself. Calm down your mind. And then get into it. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, Jude 20, it says, building up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Point three. Now, it keeps you, speaking in tongues keeps you continuously conscious of the presence of God in you. This is one point that you must not forget. Speaking in tongues keeps you continuously conscious of God's presence in you. And the reason why this is very important is because many people have been lied to. When they go through a situation or they commit a sin... People have been lied to that. When you commit a sin, God has departed from you. Now, the question you should be asking is, the person who is saying that to you, are they perfect? Nobody has a right to tell another human being that God has left them because they, because they committed a sin. Because they themselves speaking to you are not perfect. And none of us can ever be perfect. We will never be perfect until we leave this fallen body in a sense. Until we come out of this flesh, until we die to be with Lord Jesus, we can never be perfect. We keep working towards it. We keep getting mature. We keep improving. Now, I did not say that we, should, we will continue or we should continue to live a reckless life, giving ourselves to sin. Because sin kills. So the best reward sin gives you is to destroy you. The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter, no, Romans chapter 6, 
He said the wages, the reward that sin gives you is death. It, it messes up your mind. It messes up your emotions. It makes you to hurt people. It makes you dumb. It steals your joy. It brings anxiety and depression into your life. That's what sin will give. And regardless of how people tend to paint sin to be nice looking on the outward, it is killing them. Don't, say, don't, don't fall for the smiling and the makeup that people are wearing who are celebrating sin. They are dying. If only you can be very observant. You see the nervousness, the fear, the anxiety. If you go behind the scenes, say, I have insider telling me how many celebrities have mental health issues who have dedicated and assigned mental health nurse to them. They come on the scene and they look like everything, they get it together. No, you can't be living a life of sin and be mentally well. It's not possible. Show me one person who is given to sin and they are in a good mental health state. Show me one. Just show me one. So, you, teenagers, you don't never, never go by what people are telling you or what you see on Instagram. Most of them are lies. Anybody can look smile. We live in Britain. In Britain, they are wired, they are trained to smile at you even when they hate you. So, if you are going by the smiling of people on media, you are just deceiving yourself. You know what they got green screen? Green screen effect. What the speaker or the movie, the actors, what is behind them is just a green, it's just blank green wall. But what you are seeing, you are seeing paradise. You are seeing Dubai. You think they have made it. No, they are still in that same London. They will just give you a green screen of Dubai. So why are you trying to build your own joy on the falsehood of many people? A young lady was telling me one day, she said, when her friends travel abroad, they will go to many spots. They will take a lot of photos. So when they're back in Nigeria, now, so they'll be releasing the pictures on a monthly basis. So people ask, where are you now? Are you still in Jand? Are you still abroad? So for six months, the lady, these girls were posting pictures and their friends are getting depressed because they're in Nigeria, but the girl has come back. She was only given six months visa. And they are hosting in the UK. You can only host her for two weeks. It was even a privilege that she came to the UK. But she went to take, why, why, why do we like, so she went to take so many pictures so that she can deceive other people. Why do we like to deceive ourselves? Friends, see, many people don't have the joy and the beautiful things that you have. See, if anyone is trying to prove themselves, trying to show off, it shows that there's so many things they are lacking. Because if you're really, really happy in yourself, you should not be trying to want to prove something to other people or want to appear to people in any kind of way. What are you trying to prove? What are you trying to show off? People who try to show things off, they have a problem. Don't think they are privileged than you. They have a problem. Amen. So, um, like I said, it makes you conscious. I don't know how, why I got into that one, but I, I'm sure it blessed someone. You guys are used to this in Sunday service now. Now, so, now we know that the spirit that enables us to pray in, in, in tongues is from God. 1 Corinthians 2.12 says, Now we have received the Spirit not from the world, but from God, that we may know the things that are freely given to us. Excuse me. So, if the Spirit that enables us to speak in tongues is from God, then it means God is in us. Because that Spirit is a manifestation of God. is a part of God coming to us. So, if you can pray in tongues, and you feel like God has left you, there is a disconnect. 
Because as long as you can still speak in tongues, God is there. Because nobody will ever and can ever speak in tongues from their mind except people who have been lied to, you know, and they've been given a kind of script. I'll give you an example. A kind of script to follow, to speak in tongues. Except for those people, nobody can ever speak in tongues from their mind. Because when you are speaking in tongues, Paul said, when I pray in the Spirit, my Spirit, by the help of the Holy Spirit, pray. Not my mind. And he said, my mind is unfruitful. My mind cannot understand it. My mind cannot comprehend it. And that's why when you're speaking in tongues, your mind can go around. You can try this. When you're speaking in your natural language, you realize that your mind will, will focus, concentrate on what you're talking about. Except you're talking and you're trying to think about something that's trying to add value. But when you're speaking in tongues, your mind can go in many different directions because it's not involved. So that's why when you're praying in tongues, sometimes you need to engage your mind. And that's why I recommend to people, if your mind is wandering as you're praying in tongues, put the word of God in front of you. Or have something you want to pray about. Because your mind will, will, your mind will go everywhere. And that's to tell you that speaking in tongues is not from your brain. It's not a brain-activated uh, language or brain-activated activity. It's a spirit-activated activity, which is activated by faith. Amen. Hope I'm not speaking like a professor. Amen. So when you know that, well, as long as you can speak in tongues, good inside of you. And that was how, even before I studied this, that was how I kind of like um, helped myself at some point because there was time in my life that was in all manner of crisis and the devil was like, you know, God has left you, blah, 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 blah. And I said, you know what, if I can still speak in tongues, God is still in me. And I started speaking in tongues. I said, God is in me. I may not feel it. I may have gone through a lot of stuff. Things may have happened to me. But if I can still speak in tongues, God is still with me. Then later on, as I studied, I found in the scriptures. Amen. So speaking in tongues, you know, helps you to continuously, you know, remain conscious of God's presence inside of you. Now, another thing I want to say is this. You know, sometimes young people can gossip, they backbite, they do all kind of stuff. Speaking in tongues will help, help you, you know, as speaking in tongues helps you to remain conscious that God is inside of you, it will caution you and not want you to do some, and kind of hold you back from doing some stupid stuff. Because the more you pray in tongues and you understand that praying in tongues is God inside of you, you are communicating with God, you are talking to God, and the Spirit of God is on the inside of you, there's a way it cautions you from doing some stupid stuff. So all our kids should receive baptism in the Holy Ghost and retain the consciousness that speaking in tongues is me speaking to God, is me communicating with God, and that ability to speak in tongues is God on the inside of me, the Spirit of God on the inside of me. And when we teach our children to have reverence, to reverence God, their conduct, they, they, they start getting more conscious and mindful of how they conduct themselves because they know they carry God. They are not just an ordinary human being. And we also need to help them so, so that, such that we don't put them in harm's way. And what I mean is this, we don't surround them with friends, we keep children of friends who are ungodly in their conduct, in their practice, in their everything. So I have friends, lovely people, but the Christians, but there's no sign of godliness in their life. And they boast about this, about it. My, they have lovely kids, but my kids are not going around them. It's so simple. I mean it. Because the thing is this, a child cannot live a sound life, a child, independent of the godliness of the parent. 
It's not possible. The children may be good mentally, but the immorality, adultery, and all kind of evil and nonsense that the parents are doing, we feel that true. And the devil only needs an opportune moment, a nice spot to make their children to speak something that their parents say to them or do in their house. And then your own child then picks it up. Because the devil will have prepared the mind of your child. You know, a lot of things, curiosity, because the devil is very strategic how he works. So they just say something in passing or innocently, your child picks it and starts acting weird at home. Amen. So parents, and also parents, if your children are on YouTube, you want to go and stop, pay uh, which one's, the monthly subscription and ensure that your YouTube is hard free. Because the devil is so strategic. I mean, it's surprising how I keep meeting teenagers and teenagers who got evil ideas from YouTube ads. So you want to get a Google account that every member of the family uses and nobody can have another Google account and YouTube comes from there. Because even me as an adult, there are things, even my wife and I, there are things YouTube has pushed at us and we spoke back at those things. And we asked ourselves, okay, what if someone who is not born again, who does not understand their rights and privileges in Christ was watching this? What would have happened to them? When we were watching something, it was even a Christian, it was a Christian movie we were watching on YouTube, and an ad came up. It said, one in two people die of cancer. And I could tell that it was an attack of the enemy, and I spoke back at it. I said, no, we will not die of cancer. You may die of cancer. And we just went on and on and on and on about it. And we rejected it. So parents have to take responsibility to ensure that their children are safe. So if you want your children to be godly-minded, you have to be ready to do the work to surround them with what will help them to be godly-minded. Singles or young couples, before you have your kids, start thinking now. Children is not a joke. So if you think your career is just coming up and you not have time, you will not be able to spend time with them. You want to put children on the side for now and fix your career because once they come in, you need to pay attention. The devil is recruiting as many children as possible into the works of darkness and he's using them very well. And they, and see, and they have more support, more people on the other end to use them as instruments of destruction than the few of you. We don't have too many friends because most people that we have met that could be good friends, they are not thinking straight. You know, imagine people taking me as an enemy because I quoted the scriptures, what the Bible say, and they call themselves Christian. Amen. They call themselves Christian. You know, one of our friends, one day we were at their place, and something, something came up about illegal immigration and things, and this person took a fight. I'm like, no, this doesn't make sense. Okay. Um, illegal immigration slash arranged marriage. And they were looking at me, and they were saying to me, they were, saying, they were using me as, myself and Jolomi as an example, that, you know, if I'm Jolomi's friend, that Trump has done, has made immigration so hard that being Jolomi's friend, if I was Jolomi's friend, I cannot marry Jolomi to use that to get papers. A Christian looked me in the face and tell me that arranged marriage to get papers is right. And they were very strong and very adamant about it. And because I love them so much, I have to be gentle. Because if I was to react, it's not going to go well. I can take some nonsense from people who are not saved. But for a believer who claims to be a child of God and look at God in the face and say God is stupid, we're going to have a conversation. And when I know that I don't have the right and authority, 
to speak in these people's life. What do I do? I step out. Hence, I don't have much friends. I love people. I will do stuff with people. But the principles, the basics, the fundamentals of the Bible, if you don't agree with them, we, we don't have a business. Did Paul not tell us in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter... No. Is it 1 Corinthians 5 now? He says that if anyone... Let's go there. 1 Corinthians 5, 9. Let's go there. So in, in case... It sounds like I am just reading my own scriptures. I have to slow down. I was going to go through all those things today, but um, it's not working. I'm just going to do it. Like, let me just I'll slow down. I know I was fast because I was trying to cover so much, but I can't do much more now because I have just eight minutes to go, so I better just humble myself. All right. So 1 Corinthians 5, 9. Now it says, I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually, sexually immoral people. Yet, I certainly did not mean with sexually immoral people of this world or with the covetous or extortioners or idolaters. Since then, you would need to go out of the world. But now I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother. Also means a sister. Anyone named a Christian who is sexually immoral or covetous or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard, or an extortioner, not even to eat with them, eat with such a person, which means communion. So basically, the Bible is saying here to you that don't keep close communication, close fellowship. Adulterous Christians should not be your best friends. It doesn't make sense. Even Paul said, still in 1 Corinthians, he said, evil communication will corrupt good manners. Now, people of the world, when you, when you are dealing with people of the world, your guards, your defense system is going to be up to some extent because you know that you don't, you don't belong to the same kingdom. But for believers, your guards are down. You'll be comfortable. You go to their kitchen. They invite you home. They bring their children for you to look after. And they can easily influence you. People who were straight or got into back sexual things, I know of one, got it from a Christian. And she, she called out for help, and I can say, I'm saying this with all confidence. She's calling out for help. He said, you know what? I'm straight. I was ever straight. He said, but since something happened between me and this woman, I'm struggling. A married woman. And that lady is a prey, because even when her family is around, this lady will show up and try to move her out of the house so she can go touch her sexually. A married woman, keeping company, Christian, straight, like, you know, and she was keep, she knew the person was not straight, and, she knew, and the person has been making advances at her, you know, to some extent, and she was like, no, 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 she's just been silly, she's been, I've been telling her, blah, 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 until something happened to them one day, and she's calling for help. Sadly, she's not even attending a good church where, she's taught, she's, where she can be taught the word of God to come out of that mess. It will affect you, it's just a matter of time. So it may sound like Pastor Tunde is mean. <laughs> if you know the pain it will cost your family you know I'm not mean if you know the pain it will cost your family cost you you will know I'm not mean you know that this is a life and death situation it's a life and death matter amen so we're on point number two uh, okay, let me, I'm just going to say this and then we look at the other five uh, the remaining ones next week now speaking in tongues you know, eliminates the possibility of selfishness in your prayer life. 
It does what? It eliminates the possibility of selfishness in your prayer life. If I ask Teddy now, what should we pray about? I can guarantee it is based on what she thinks she needs. And I know friends will be among it one way or the other. You know, it's be based on a physical need, what she thinks she needs. If I ask some other guys too, it's based on what they think they need. But what about the person, a believer who is about to commit suicide now in that country? What about some members of your family who might be going through some financial troubles right now? Or what about that your colleague who has been telling you that I'm struggling with this, I'm struggling with that? So when we pray only by English or our natural language, most of the time we are praying based on our personal need, our family need. And many, many Christian organizations have, um, are really feeding on that self-centeredness in people. They will, try, they will invite you to some prayer meetings that are focused on what you need, what you want, only you. Breakthrough, career breakthrough, promotional breakthrough, all kind of breakthrough, anointing for breakthrough, all kind of breakthrough. Go and check. The, thrive, the so-called thriving ministries in the world today, go and check them. I mean, I can't, well, well, to a very much extent, I don't want to say all of them because I've seen many of them that are thriving and are preaching gospel. But the ones that are closer to me, right, which I can give you examples, you know, even from church family, where we are coming from, you know, Sister Sally, you know what I'm talking about? Right. So let's go and check them. All our, all our meetings on Sundays and all the special conventions and everything that we have is based on our selfish need. Double, double, double anointing, double this, double that is, is, is about you. Thank God for the technology, this divine technology of speaking in tongues. So when we pray in tongues, even though we came here to pray, not us, even though they come to those meetings to pray for their selfish needs, the Holy Spirit will get them to pray about things that needed to be prayed about. So if you don't want to be a selfish Christian, you want to spend more time praying in tongues. And whatever inspiration is coming, which is interpretation, whatever interpretation coming to your heart as you pray in the Spirit are kind of the things that the Holy Spirit really wants you to pay attention to. But if you look at it the other way around, you cannot pray with your mind most of the time and pick what is the heart of the Father. You have to have a spiritual connection with God to be able to hear what he wants you to pray about. You know, some people will pray against their enemy. That's all they go to do in those meetings. And they start praying in tongues. So what they don't understand is, when they start praying in tongues, they are praying for that enemy. So they wonder why the enemy is not falling and dying. They wonder why the enemy is prosperous rather than dying. And they are getting more angry. Because when you start praying in tongues, you are praying for the person. So you pray a rubbish prayer with your mind. And when you start praying in tongues, Holy Spirit gives you the right interpretation. So if you have been praying against your enemy, I'm sorry. Because you might be praying for them as a praying in tongues. And you realize that they are flourishing instead of dying. And many times they are not the enemy. You are the enemy. Because you are the one who keeps doing some things around them. You are not following God. You are not doing what God wants you to do. You are not working in love. And I'm speaking from experience. I have Christians who are so angry that somebody who they consider as an enemy is prospering. They are angry. They're like, Pastor, look at these people. Look at me. I'm a Christian. 
this person is not there, this person is not that. <laughs> and I'm thinking, guy, yeah, just, just face your own business. What is happening in your life is not your business. Or perhaps you are the one even praying for their prosperity. <laughs> Amen. So, as we, now the Bible tells us in the book of 1 John 5, 14, he said, this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Our mind, most of the time, cannot know the will of the Father. But the Holy Ghost knows the will of the Father. So, speaking in tongues, you will supernaturally connect with the Father to know what God wants you to pray about. And when you pray about the will of the Father, you will see results. Amen. You know, James 4 tells us that people, they pray and they don't receive results because they pray amiss. They pray wrongly. When you're praying in tongues, you can never pray wrongly. Because the prayers you're saying are not mind-generated. They are spirit-generated. They are the heart of the Father. What God wants you to pray about. Amen. I'll show down there. So, I thought I, thought I was going to pray with you guys uh, to receive baptism today. I think that will be next week. So, we looked at speaking in tongues, divine secret, spiritual edification, you know, consciousness of the presence of God in your life. And I want to encourage us to play that line again and again and again and again and think over it. Anyone struggling with any kind of addiction or any kind of a sinful behavior, if they can retain this in their mind, they realize that when those guys come around to want to do some nonsense with you, retaining that consciousness on the inside of you that you belong to the Father and God lives on the inside of you would encourage you to keep yourself from them because you see yourself too holy, too pure to allow one guy or girl to mess you about. You begin to see yourself as a woman and a man that carries worth and value. So if you're feeling worthless, it's because you don't really come to understand that you carry God on the inside of you. Because no one carries God on the inside of them and they're worthless. Amen. So your true value is in the reality of your position in Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's not about how you feel. And if anyone tries to intimidate you or any pastor, anybody tries to make you feel less of yourself, you have to reassure yourself that, no, I carry so much worth in Christ Jesus. You guys are so privileged, you're in TTC. So privileged. Because I didn't have this all my life growing up. I didn't have it. I had to be listening to Papa Egin, following Andrew Womack. I don't have anybody, with all the respect, that I, that I kind of follow that gives, besides my fathers in the faith, who gives a sound doctrine like I give to you guys. I mean it. Amen. So I also said it eliminates the possibility of selfish prayer, me, my parents, and I. Praise God. Let's pray.